are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right, it's Andy, aka producer, by the way, or producer BTW on Twitter. Sitting right across from me is Daniel Gutierrez eating cookies. Excuse me, hold on, guys. Uh, I found a thinster. Why are they called thinsters? Because they're thin. Oh. It's just this, you know, make you think at the supermarket when you're walking in the aisle, it says thinster. <laughs> it's supposed to make you thin if you'd eat it. Come but on. let me read you the ingredients. It's just literally butter, sugar, and flour. It's um, pretty, pretty uh, high in there. Decided like to eat in the intro. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love it. Anyways, at DGTRS84, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter. Cool. And uh, how's, how was your week, man? We're catching up here. This weekend was the first weekend I had in forever where I had to do not a damn thing. I didn't not have a, not a, damn a thing, single man. thing that I had to do. Not a single thing. Not a single thing. Okay. I was so happy. Do you know why? Why? Because I saw like five movies. Yeah, I watched a lot of TV, too. Um, there were some like Netflix dropped a bunch of like random stuff and yeah, Netflix dropped uh that ro- the the love, 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 sex and robots. Yes, which I finished. Um, and how many are there? Uh, there were like eighteen episodes. Ooh, but they're all they're like short. They're all like five ten minutes. Oh uh, no no no! I think they range from like uh f- like seven to like eight, twenty minutes. Yeah. Like, but um, the second one so far. Has that been your favorite? Or no, no, there's... I forget the Something name of the one. a little bit better than there, that? Later on, there's one... It has blue in the title, and it's about a robot. And I don't want to spoil it, but that one really hit home for me. Um, I just suggest watching it because not all of them are, you know, going to, like, pull you in, but they all have their unique stories. They're all told by different people. I think that's really cool. The animation is different. I think that's one of the coolest parts. Mm-hmm. You watch all these different types of animation. There's even a live-action one with Topher Grace... Um, I thought I had saw one with mm-hmm. I, I didn't see it though, but I got I saw it in the previews. Yes, okay. and that one was okay. You know, I, it felt like a um, you know what it felt like? It felt like a Twilight Zone episode, co- sort of. Um, Each one was like a Twilight Zone. episode. It, it was pretty much like a sci-fi Twilight Zone, sort of. Yeah. Um, the best one, which I liked visually, was actually in a clever one. Was there's one and you'll see it. It's about farmers that use mechs, so they're like like country bumpkin farmers, but they're in mechs and stuff. It's really cool. Crazy. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I oh yes, I did see that one. Okay, I know what you're talking about. And then I watched about. the OA, which was a show I really enjoyed, and we're gonna get actually into that later in block news. But uh, Daniel, I'm ready to start the week, but I just want to remind people that we're at thecoinboys.com. Right, yes. and what can they find there? They can find uh, our blogs. They can find our podcast. They can uh, rate, subscribe, and review us. But most importantly, they can join our email list. Join the Coin Family. We're going to be putting more things out. So please, uh, we don't even need your real first name, but we do need to contact you. That's all. Just sending you some cool stuff in terms of content. So yeah, just like Daniel said, you could join the Coin Family. Uh, and of course, uh, we appreciate any new listeners, any listeners that have returned, and of course, ones that are here all the time. Hey, we appreciate you most of all. Yes. So thanks for the support. And you can email us, thecoinboys at thecoinboys.com, if you have a direct big question that you want to ask us or tweet us. We are on Twitter like Co- crazy. Coinboys Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. One handle to rule them all. Yes, of. finally. Finally. Uh, but I want to get to the meat of everything. Of course, Daniel, we have Block News. We're going to talk some news. But we have a really special guest, and that's Austin Davis with Blockchain Beach. Also, I could say a friend of the show. We, we're a friend of theirs. We go to their events. Uh, we're supportive of their events. And I'd love some new people that might not have heard of Blockchain Beach. There's some cool things they're doing in the space, I think. Very positive yeah. when it comes to community and events. Right, Absolutely. Daniel? Yep. 
So why don't we go right into Block News. All right, another week, Daniel, another Block News. And we, of course, uh, we introed kind of before this, but we have him right here. I think he's in his car, actually. And it's yes. Austin Davis with Blockchain Beach and the Global Hackathon. Finally, man, it's great to have you on. We're excited. Oh, man, I'm so happy to be here. And yes, I'm in my car in sunny, beautiful Los Angeles. Uh, couldn't be a, a better day. And I, I know we've been. this has been a long time coming, actually, to finally, because uh, we, we know you off of the show. Of course, we've been very supportive of the Blockchain Beach stuff, and we've been, you know, we've been to your events, and we've seen you all over the place, because we're a part of that L.A. scene, which I just wanted to mention, uh, which is a really cool scene that you guys are a part of. But I guess right off the bat, before we get into, like, our general stuff, Austin, tell us, like, a little bit about yourself and, like, how you kind of were led into crypto and how the whole Blockchain Beach and then... Just go into all that stuff you're doing like, right you now. Summarize your life in <laughs> yeah, a minute. Yeah, your life in one minute. One minute. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this about me. I am from North Carolina originally, not uh, an Angelino. Uh, and I I moved out here in 2009. Um, and before that, I spent most of my time in NC. I have a couple engineering degrees. Most people don't know that as well. So I have an industrial engineering and a master's in material science engineering from North Carolina State University, go Wolfpack, um, on the East Coast. And I spent two years of my life in Japan as a very young kid because my dad was with IBM. Um, oh, long well, that's, story that's short, huge, though. So you grew up yeah, around technology. Yeah, that, that, yeah, well, I, well yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I got to fiddle with all of the brand-new computers that were that were coming out in the uh, – in the early days, so uh, probably saw one of the world's first laptops that my dad brought home from IBM, and it was, uh, uh, of course, an MS-DOS boot up, so I had, like, the whole, you know, he, had, he wrote out, like, hand-wrote two pages or three pages, I forgot what it was, of, of code to, to do the manual boot up, oh, and man. I just memorized all that. So I became known as, like, the, I have two brothers, like, the the, uh, the nerdy smart brother that could to figure out how to start the computer when they could never do it and they just wanted to play the games. So oh, wow. that's how it all started. <laughs> well, that's, that's um, the most important part. Yeah, right. So so that was a lot of fun growing up on the East Coast. And then I was, I've was i always been drawn to technology. You know, when, when I first discovered the Internet, um, I would, like, before people had it at home, my dad had it at his office, so I would go in there, like, beg him to drag me in there with him, um, even when it wasn't take your kid to work day you know just like wow uh would, would find find my way in there and uh start exploring um started some some early it wasn't really businesses but had had like business plans that i i had to to become an internet entrepreneur and then eventually led me to coming to southern california uh after grad school and because of the huge startup senior i actually came here kind of by mistake but but it, i was drawn here let's say it wasn't it was like fate, I guess. I um, it happens. I came here. On a, yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I came here on a road trip in 2009. I was supposed to spend two weeks here and go back uh, to work at a laboratory that I was helping to manage over over at the university. And um, you know, once I landed in Southern California, I was like, wait a minute, why would I go back east? There's so much going on here. I still have to explore. So I'm still out here exploring ten years later, and I have been deep in the startup uh, scene ever since I've been out here. And that's what led me to blockchain. It was just that, that inherent interest in technology in general and things that makes our, our lives more efficient and better and easier to use. Um, so I, um, 
I I was involved with Uber uh, in the very early stages. Actually, I wasn't an employee, but I was contracting with them, working with uh, big corporate partners to like help get them a bunch of new accounts. Yeah, so I got I got exposed to all of that. Like, I guess that's what what I'm trying to say is like in the early stages of me being in Los Angeles, I dove straight into the startup scene and started working with um, a lot of different companies. Um, and then, you know, had many of my own, some were successes, some were failures. And then that's what led me to blockchain. Probably uh, I've been reading about it uh, probably 2010, 2011 and wanted to get more involved and finally put my toes in the water in 2012, just started investing a little bit, not nothing crazy that uh, turned me into a mega crypto jillionaire, but enough to, get me really involved and then starting to want to build uh, on the various blockchains that came after that. So uh, fast forward a few years, uh, we st- I've, I've been involved with a group called the Xanadu Foundation. Uh, we've been doing trips to Catalina since 2012 and with entrepreneurs and, you know, it's all about like healthy green living and wellness and spreading uh, education about cool things. So one of those cool things that I was doing was teaching early stage workshops about what blockchain is and how it's going to impact all of our lives. Oh. Uh, as early as early as 2012, 2013, we started to do that. And that's kind of where the name for us, Blockchain Beach, came up because uh, we were doing these workshops on Catalina Island uh, about blockchain technology. And then that's what led us to do the really bigger events and educational workshops and hands-on stuff here in Los Angeles uh, under Blockchain Beach. And that's, that's kind of spread throughout the world now. Um, and... We also, in parallel, uh, recently launched uh, an amazing thing called the Global Hackathon because we did a lot of different hackathons with various groups, and then we just decided to launch our own series of hackathons so that we could create the same vibe that we did with Blockchain Beach, which is like really exciting educational events that have a lot of momentum and energy and people network out. We literally have, you've been there. We have to kick people out at the end of it because people just want to keep hanging out. Um, So that's what we wanted to do is create a new type of, hackathon uh that is had the same momentum and and we've done that in hong kong and now we're doing it in los angeles and we're going to be taking that series around the world so we're excited la blockchain week is just around the corner here so real real quickly i have a question what is a hackathon like what what happens at this at, at a hackathon sure yeah uh i know a lot of people hear that word and like the dictionary doesn't even exactly recognize it properly <laughs> um so uh, a hackathon to me is a very short period of time where people come together, mostly developers, but uh, we want to extend this out to other types of uh, creatives that can come out and, and hack things quickly and put something together. So come together in a short period of time, either 24 hours or a weekend usually. Um, sometimes it can be a week, but it's usually a shorter period. And build something. So build an application, for example, on top of a blockchain that people can use. So you could build a mobile app uh that is a, let's say, for example, what someone built in Hong Kong was a uh, food delivery on the blockchain service that someone hacked together um, over LA, uh, over Hong Kong Blockchain Week in a couple days and tracked it on the blockchain from start to finish, and it was uh, fully verified that you did receive your food. So that was an example of something that could be built. Uh, we've got some things going on with casinos later this summer, and we're hoping to to get someone, um, some friends of ours have built some early stage games on EOS. So I think it would be really cool for someone to build. It's an idea we're toying with. Uh, imagine building an application for a, a game that could be used by the casinos and having the casino uh, 
founders or the people that run the casino bid on buying that technology right there on site. And that's part of the prize uh, of the hackathon. Instead of just giving cash that your the winning teams get, it's actually like kind of a bidding war. Like whoever makes the best gaming application, the the company could uh, actually buy it from them on site and potentially hire them to build extend it out further. So that's an idea we're toying with. But long 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 winded answer of saying a hackathon is simply uh, a chance to, to come together uh, and 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 work towards a mutual goal as developers and as small teams, uh, and hopefully win some prize money or, or some kind of a challenge or bounty uh, at the end of that. This is why I really wish I was in programming. I stupidly went into entertainment. <laughs> well, uh, this actually Austin, because I'm in like the gaming world, and there's there's I I kind of thought this is what it, the hackathon was kind of like, which I think is awesome, by the way. Uh, but it reminds me of game jams because uh, in the gaming industry they do these things where the gamers get together and they code like games uh, overnight, you know, in, in in game jams as they would call them. So I think that's awesome that you guys are kind of doing that kind of stuff. That I, I so when exactly is it? It's soon, right? The hackathon. April eighth, we're kicking off LA Blockchain Week. Uh, we partner with Crypto and Best Summit, Yosef and Alon Security Token Summit. So we're kicking everything off on April eighth. Uh, that morning, downtown Los Angeles at the convention center. Um, that night, we're also hosting a big party with all those other groups uh, at the Conga Room. And anyone who gets a ticket to the Global Hackathon and shows up gets a free ticket to Crypto Invest Summit. So that saves you a pretty penny. Um, they, they wanted to support you know, developers and the community. So um, they said, hey, anybody who comes to the Global Hackathon uh, and RSCP there is going to get a free ticket to Crypto Invest Summit. So that's a uh, it's also a good thing that they're trying to do, and we're trying to help, you know, bring more people out because uh, I know a lot of these events are, are super expensive, and a Crypto Invest Summit actually isn't that expensive compared to some of the other ones. But um, but it's great that they're able to, uh, you know, help us uh, subsidize the cost for for folks that just want to come out and build. Um, another example, by the way, of how we want to do take this uh, beyond blockchain, and that's why we call it a D Global Hackathon. So for now, the Global Hackathon is all about hacking blockchain protocols and applications uh, and technology layers and solutions. But eventually we do want to extend beyond that. So, for example, we could bring different music groups together. And some of those could be blockchain music applications, but they don't have to be. Uh, and incentivize people to create the best new track or, or something like that over a 24-hour period and then vote on it. Um, so those, those things could also be hacked. It doesn't necessarily have to be lines of code that are being hacked. So that's, that's what we want to do. We want to extend it out. Um, for example, we're working with Justin Wu up in Seattle, and he's coming uh, to Costa Rica with me next week, and we're working on something down there together. Uh, Matt Rogers is also the co-founder of the Global Hackathon and Blockchain Beach. He's, he's also involved in Costa Rica with me. Um, and so, for example, the reason I'm talking about Justin, he's known as a great growth hack marketer um, for blockchain and beyond. Uh, he was doing that well before he, he dived into blockchain and good success there. We, we could do something along with his stacking growth and the Global Hackathon where, where we come together and we do some sort of a uh, growth hack challenge. Who, who can create the most viral video in a 24-hour period here at this hackathon uh, that was filmed at the hackathon, put out there online, and getting it to go viral? That's exciting. And it sounds like, you know, from the last time I saw you, you're always you guys are always progressing. And actually, I was at the shout-out to uh, uh, Brecky Von Bitcoin's barbecue recently. I saw Maddie. Uh, which, uh, uh, and it's good to see him and, uh, and you know, it, you guys are all over the LA market and I love the expansion and you're going to Costa Rica. That's awesome. So you guys are busy and having fun. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. 
I was going to say, we're going to come back to Blockchain Beach uh, at some point because I do have a, a question in regards to um, in regards to uh, 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 meetups like that. And Blockchain Beach is a wonderful, wonderful place for that. So we wanted to get some insight on that a little bit later on. So, so Austin, awesome. Thanks for going into uh, the details. I think it's, you know, I, we always like to ask people about their backgrounds. So thanks so much for sharing. That's a lot of stuff I had no idea. And uh, the Uber thing was cool too, man. That's an interesting story in itself. I, we're going to get back to some interest, you know, topic that I think you're going to like that has to pertains to like conferences and what you guys are doing but let's start with you watch netflix right austin i'm sure you do i mean most people do or when you have time you do uh yes i definitely watch next netflix uh from time to time i, I don't have a lot of time these days because we're running so many different companies but uh, i do enjoy uh, a quick break because i don't i don't watch live tv so if i do watch something it's netflix or like amazon or hbo or something like that Smart absolutely man. cable cutter right there so the reason i'm mentioning it is because um, there's a show called The OA, and its uh, second season just aired, I think, just a couple of days ago. I mean, I, I binged it pretty hard because I like it, but they mentioned uh, Ethereum in it. And, uh, and what I'm getting at is that pretty much there's a scene just five minutes into this whole show where the girl tries to pay for a, a private detective through Ethereum, and, and the, she shows like an app, and it says 30 ETH. And he says, how much is that? She's like, $30,000. And I was like, well, I don't know when they shot this, but I don't think it's, it was ever that high. But I guess my, my, <laughs> point, my point is is that the main topic here is what do you think about the mentions in TV and film that we've seen over the course of probably the last year? And, uh, and I think like uh, Daniel. Yeah, because I, I saw one on Future Man. I saw it twice on Future Man, uh, which is on Hulu. Uh, in the very first season, he mentions that he spent a Bitcoin to buy some game or something like that. He uses last Bitcoin for that. Right. And then he also, um, in season two, Ethereum is a form of payment in some point at some point in time. So I feel like there's a lot of, of mainstream media actually kind of bringing in, just folding it in lightly as if it's like a, a normal <laughs> thing for the future uh, in terms of cryptocurrency. And I know... I don't know, Austin. You just uh, you guys recently did something with Alex Winter, and I know you guys are Rosaria into Dawson and, was, and all that was stuff there too, right? Um, so I wanted to just get your perspective on how are you feeling about the the media mentioning it just in passing, or do you feel like it should be more? Well, I here's the thing. I think it's uh, it's just stepping stones towards uh, you know full on TV shows all about this industry and this technology and where we're headed and 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 some really cool stories that, that can come out fiction or nonfiction about all of this. Cause there's some stranger than truth things that are happening all the time in this industry. Um, so I, I, I'm all about it. And I know that like Mr. Robot, you know, a lot of what he was doing was all based on cryptography. So that it tied in pretty heavily there, even though it wasn't necessarily always called cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or anything like that. He definitely, uh, everything that he was doing to reset the clocks there with the banks was, uh, was all around this. Um, so, so like, I know that, uh, even things like ballers, like a very mainstream show, which the OA is mainstream as well, but I think ballers being on HBO and being about sports, uh, being about football probably has a bigger viewership than, than the other one. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I mean, Netflix is huge now too. So I've been approached by several TV shows that, uh, are, are they're creating entire stories just around crypto and blockchain and, and this entire industry and movement, if you will. Um, we actually wrote, uh, Matt and I wrote a treatment uh, about a year ago, maybe a little longer now, and then a pilot centered around a very, very intense sci-fi story. So it's fiction, including 
some nonfiction as well and some real characters, cameos. Uh, we never produced it because we're too busy running everything else that we're doing, but we, um, we talked to a few uh, entertainment companies about it, and I think what we might do now that we're being approached by other TV shows uh, that want to make a movie or, or, or show about the industry is we could uh, partner with our script as part of the deal. So, so maybe later this year or maybe next year when there's a little bit more time, but I think we're going to see full-on TV shows, even if we're not involved, it's happening. So it's coming soon. I think it'll come this year. Um, and people are out there vying for it, raising money. Uh, and I think it's great for, for adoption because even if it doesn't paint the best picture of the technology, and it's like you said, he's, they're paying somebody in Ethereum probably for something uh, not that a little great. Mysterious. Yeah, right. Well, um, yeah. It, it's still good because it lets people know about it. And, and the first time people hear about it, uh, you know, that, that gets them, uh, it's in there. It's in their it's in their brain, and going forward, uh, I think it's going to be easier for people to understand uh, the more they start to see it in the media first. So I think it's a good thing overall. Yeah, I guess my my only problem with it right now is that it's kind of cringy. Like here's I've been in the space for a very long time, so I've seen it like mentioned here and there. But so when I watched the OA, I was like. It didn't feel the problem I'm having with it is that sometimes the way they portray it, it doesn't feel natural. And like you said, that that's still an OK thing because, you know, maybe they didn't know about it too much. But there's some things that just like I'm like, oh, man, I didn't like how they mentioned crypto here. And there was one episode of like some ER show where they were like, he's he's hijacking the hospital, but he's got bitcoins. Like I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, is, that's an example of an invention yeah. that was just very cringy. So I think we're on the right track. Definitely, well, and there's definitely. two movies. There's two movies coming. You know, one TV show and one movie. A TV show isn't done cryptos by, coming out like Entourage of crypto? Yeah, the Entourage of Crypto is coming out because uh, E from Entourage is is, uh, is producing it, and it's basically crypto, but like on it's movies, but on the blockchain. And then the next, <laughs> and then the other one is the one that's coming out pretty recent. Or it's coming out pretty soon. I think Nick Cage is in it. Wow, really? About the remember the that that um that trailer that i sent you insanity for that crypto movie it's basically like a a, a heist movie like sure. where, where they're, they're yeah, like you gotta pay that. us this much in crypto and, and i think the name of the thing is called crypto too it's a is, uh, it, is, it, is it like na national treasure three basically uh, the, the search for bitcoin exactly <laughs> basically it's like Searching oh for satoshi <laughs> if they find oh that'd be if I Nicolas actually now want that movie to be <laughs> Nicholas Cage is Satoshi Nakamoto wow that'd be the greatest thing ever my jaw's gonna hit the floor I'm just a Nakamoto protector that would be amazing at the end of it he discovers that he himself is Satoshi Nakamoto <laughs> his, his, his mind is blown uh, yeah and I, I did meet uh, Kevin Connolly in, in Miami as well and he told me about that show that he's working on so I'm excited to uh, to see what comes of that because I know that if they make it I hope that they make it something like Entourage because that that got such a huge following that uh, if they if they can make it like relate it to the mainstream and make people like really fall in love with the characters because that's what makes people watch the shows like the the reason people watch Game of Thrones yes the violence is cool and all that but they they love the characters right like you, they become part of your lives like if you look when. Hodor was uh, when they killed him off in the show. What was that? Spoilers. Years ago now. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Just in case. Well, there was like there was a legitimate, and they correlated it. Someone did like a study. There was a there was a dip in the overall 
economy and like yeah. there was like a slight dip and it was a tie to people's like emotions that were tied to this fictional character because he was part of their lives and then they were all sad because he was dead you know, you know the, if we can obviously if we can make it mainstream if we can make it something that's just a part of people's vernacular there's a way that star trek made you know space exploration just kind of like okay we can we can they it made us believe we can do a lot more and same thing with star wars and all these other science fiction movies if we can um if we just make it part of everyday life and just kind of get people used to it, at least the terminology, the names being tossed around, well, that's great. Absolutely. And I think the way we're going to get beyond that is when people like us that are actually in the industry and know more about how the technology works are consulting and or producing these shows. Because right now it's just writers that have heard about it and they probably don't know a lot about it. And they're like, oh, yeah, Bitcoin, hackers, cool, I'm sending you money, Ethereum, whatever. And, and but the, going back to your point about the Ethereum, yes, it did go above that even, but uh, they, they must have done that two winters ago when it was at all-time highs or right around there. Here's, here's an example I would like to see. You said something about an ER, a hospital. I would like to see somebody that's like they're, they're, they're gossiping about this private hospital who thinks they're better, better than the general public hospital. You know, these workers at the general public are like, oh, did you hear about the uh, – the private hospital, yeah, they've got they've got like some private permission blockchain thing, and people can just walk in with their phone, and you know any doctor can have access to the information they need instantly. It's crazy. They think they're better than us. <laughs> Sold. We'll um, we'll be your co-executive producers. Very well then. Right. Done. Yes. Once we start to show like the actual uses beyond just sending money, because that's cool, but it's not that cool, and not that many people are ever going to be investors necessarily in their lifetime, because most people just don't. Most people don't dabble in Wall Street. Sure, this does make it easier. Things like Robinhood make it easier to trade stocks and buy them and you know sell them for free with no fees. But that doesn't mean everybody's going to want to do that. So going beyond money and going beyond you know that first iteration of the best application of blockchain technology and going into um, you know all the supply chain and like the robotics and it's a, the, the enhancements to agriculture and everything um, as far as our identity goes, like that, that would be a really easy one for all these like, you know, uh, true crime shows, like showing some sort of uh, identity use on the blockchain uh, and, and the refugee crises that's obviously coming up in a lot of movies. Um, there was, there was one, I forgot. It was like the world economic forum. I forgot the name of the company that did it. But that was mentioned in the trust machine as well, tying it back to that and Alex Winter. Um, there was a company out in Syria that was doing iris scanning on the blockchain uh, to reference people's accounts because they had all this money um, and nobody was physically touching the money. And they were just like, "How? what's the best way to control these wallets? So they, they came up with an iris scanning solution. And so people are pushing that cart through the line. They scan their eyes. And that was the quickest way they came up with to, to uh, get people to check out and manage their accounts. It was a short-term thing because it was during the height of the refugee crisis, and I know that that's still an ongoing issue uh, everywhere, in many, many places around the world, but um, uh, I think it was more of a, a, a an example of how it could be managed, but they didn't have the budget to keep that running long-term, but hopefully we get to that point where, where they do have those systems in place. Um, and and, and it, it helps for, the, for for those types of situations, too, just to... You know, uh, imagine if they could shave off 10 hours a day of people standing in line because every time someone's walking through the gate, they're scanned in and like, okay, we know who's here. We know which citizens belong to which countries. And we know everybody's in this camp right now because they scanned them all as they were walking in. Like that's, 
that's obviously a better system than having people starving and literally dying in these lines that they're waiting in. Um, I think it, I think it could not only help save people time and all of that, but it could help save lives for sure. So I'm excited to see those types of use cases deployed, um, uh, you know, uh, in media. I think that'll be helpful for people to understand how this technology is going to be used. Cause think about it. If you look back, I'm sure you can start, you, you, you'll be able to, You'll be able to see uh, in the 90s, early 2000s, when when they were portraying the Internet uh, a certain way, I'm sure at first it was not in the best light because there was a lot of, let's say, businesses that completely refused to adopt this new Internet technology because it was for porn and scams and they didn't want to touch it. And, and everybody was afraid of being hacked and getting their information stolen, but now we're just willy-nilly giving it, giving it away. Right, yeah. Now that, now that people have fully adopted uh, the di- their digital lives, they've totally lost any sense of uh, privacy. So I think it'll be good to get that back and help people, you know, maintain their identities uh, as opposed to just giving it out for free to the rest of the world to use. Yeah, I'd like to just pat myself on the back for using willy-nilly in a sentence again. Nice. Um, way, to, way to use willy-nilly. <laughs> thank you. Boy, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, moving on to moving our on next to, Yeah, our next topic, uh, Daniel wanted to share. It's Bitwise Research. Yeah, so basically this, uh, this this company known as Bitwise that's trying to, to open up some sort of, not exchange, but they're trying to do something in terms of cryptocurrency here in America. They did a lot of research on other exchanges. And they discovered that a lot of the exchanges, they're... they're the pricing and the amount of trading that's happening on their exchanges is all fake it's a lot of it is fake about 95 percent of them they did by by the way mention coinbase being one that is not that situation and probably gemini would probably be on that list as well probably anything associated with with america would probably be high up um on the uh, away from that list but the other ones on the other hand are definitely since they're not being regulated nobody's really monitoring it's a lot of of fake transactions fake uh price inflation so on and so forth so um it comes to question. It comes to question that once this stuff is r- regulated, um, and I know I don't talk too much about price or anything like that, but I was just kind of curious. W- you know, what what's gonna ha- once this is regulated, what will happen with, with with Bitcoin in terms of price? Do you think it would go up or down in this case? I've, I never talk about price, but the reason why is because just like I feel like if everything kind of if they finally take away all those fake. Try, take away all that fake volume, take away all that fake manipulation that's happening on all the other exchanges, it'll come down to the truth. And I feel like the truth is much lower than, than what we're seeing right now, if that makes sense. I, I definitely agree that there's a lot of uh, manipulated markets out there in the world, and that's how you know a lot of these exchanges and companies have, have run, run the systems, and that's how a lot of the ICOs were run too, uh, is showing a lot of uh, fake volume so that somebody can make an exit. And I think that is, is eventually going to become a thing of the past. And obviously, that's hyper-regulated here in the U.S., and nobody will touch this market anymore because of the fear of, you know, the, the penalties. Um, or at least people jump through VPNs and get around that as they, as they need to. Um, but yeah. I, I, definitely, I definitely think that the more regulation that they attempt to place on public blockchains ultimately will only here's the thing we know that public blockchains can't necessarily be regulated you can always do a 51 percent attack if you're a large 
you know, if you've got enough power and you're enough. Or if you're just a small, if you're just a small project, you, you, you're more susceptible to it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but I guess I'm saying like to do a 51% attack on Bitcoin would take, would take a lot, but it's not impossible. And that's how you would dominate and, you know, fork it and everything. But let's just say that I think the more that Bitcoin is regulated, the more faith that let's just talk about the U S the average U S citizen who knows nothing about it will have in it and will, will be more likely to use technologies that are centered around blockchain and Bitcoin. Um, so I think that it will only increase the price because, uh, at least, at least, at least the way that, uh, the public, you know, chains work right now. Um, I saw a funny meme that, that helps to explain what I'm trying to say in a long winded way. It's like the government trying to ban Bitcoin or regulate Bitcoin and had a baby gate holding it over a sidewalk. Have you seen that one? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was... Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that they, that anyone can't create their own version. Like, um, you know, like Facebook's trying to create some sort of a stable coin and uh, JP Morgan just released some sort of a private chain uh, and their own currency. Uh, you know, I think there's always solutions and the U S government can do the same thing. There can be a federal reserve coin, and, you know, as, as we know, the Federal Reserve answers to nobody. So the chairman of the Federal Reserve, in a way, is the number one authority on money in this world at the moment, at least, because the U.S. dollar is the uh, authority uh, uh, at the moment, at least. It's kind of the one that people back everything on. Um, so and then that's kind of propped up by oil. So, I mean, it's kind of a circular thing. But but at the end of the day, I think um, if. If, if there is more faith placed upon any currency because it is regulated, if it happens to be placed on something like Bitcoin, which is a public blockchain and that is that is regulated by the network and not by a central authority, um, you know, I, I think it will only go up, and especially because there's only a certain number that can ever be created. I don't know if you know this, um, but in the early days of Bitcoin, back in 2009, there was uh, I forgot what it was. It was it was it wasn't a replay. It was something that allowed more bitcoins to be created than 21 million, and obviously that's a huge problem. Um, so they actually had to fork it back back then. Um, so the BTC core that we all know is actually uh, a secondary. And 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 before that, before anyone knew about it, I'm sure there was multiple iterations yeah. of the Bitcoin blockchain. But uh, that one was once it was already public. So that's an interesting fact that a lot of people might not know about yeah that's a great factoid i never knew that either huh. that makes sense though that makes sense and you're right we don't even know how many multiple chains we don't know about are, are around you know because creating the main the eventual chain that made sense the 21 million right yeah i guess uh th i i also want to talk about uh regulation and i think that it is a positive to things eventually like look we're in america and unfortunately things are regulated and if this thing's gonna adopt in America, the government, which has history of actually auctioning off, uh, you know, cryptos, they have the government, the U.S. government has sold, you know, crypto before, or you know, whatever. Yeah. They've owned it. They have a wallet somewhere, I'm sure. But what I'm saying is, is that I think it's eventually the price. Once like there's adoption that way in regulation, I think the price will go up too. I, 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 I feel eventually that's what we need to happen anyway. I mean, how are we gonna get through everything? Until we get the U.S. government to say, "All right, here we go. We're accepting Bitcoin, you know, nationally." You know, I don't know. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree it's with a both dream, of you. It's almost like a dream right now. It's so far away, it seems. Yeah. But I agree with both of you. To me, if you look at all of the... Once more and more states start accepting Bitcoin and, and different currencies to pay taxes, um, there's such a tie-in that the, the, you know, more congressmen and more senators are going to keep jumping on board. I know a senator uh, that I met up north that is very pro-blockchain. He's definitely someone that's supporting the industry. Uh, I think that once we have more and more individuals supporting it and then state levels, uh, state government supporting it, I think the federal government is just going to have to pay more attention. Um, so I think I think that's happening. I know that, um, what, how, how many states now are, are, are accepting, I guess? I think like three or four. I know Wyoming. I know, I think Arizona. Oh, Arizona, yeah. yep. Arizona, definitely. Arizona is very pro-crypto. They, they allow you to pay your taxes in Bitcoin. I know Wyoming for sure and, and Arizona. Those are the only two. I'm just confusing Wyoming for Montana, I think. You should. Sorry, ah, Sorry Wyoming. Right. <laughs> So, so I mean, I, and who knows? Like, it might, it might be like marijuana, where certain states sure. just really hold out and they'll never legalize because they're, you know, like I'm from the Bible Belt. I doubt many states that are in the Bible Belt will will legalize anytime soon. However, they did just uh, legalize the uh, growth of hemp um, recently in North Carolina, where I'm from. So that just goes to show you that 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 could also flip once mm-hmm. people like de like, you know. De-demonize. I can't even think of the right words right now. Uh, that um, sounds good. Something, something. Yeah. Once they de-demonize it, uh, you know, it, it becomes less of a scary thing, and people will adopt it. So I think eventually, you know, marijuana could be legalized countrywide. Uh, we're not quite there yet, but it, you know, that just goes to show you that also um, something like Bitcoin could be adopted on the federal level, uh, depending on which states and how many states and how it's being used, uh, because if if, um, you know, people are really smart. People come up with large-scale solutions that, you know, uh, can be presented at the federal level. And once that starts to happen with, with things like blockchain and, and cryptocurrency, I think that's when we'll start to see more more adoption. Once bills are passed and pushed through where it's going to be used for, you know, imagine the DMV system was the one thing that all of a sudden became interconnected for better or for worse. I mean, if you, if you had a... <laughs> A, a moving violation in one state, chances are they wouldn't show up in another state because they're not all interconnected right now. Yeah. Uh, but imagine if uh, on the federal level there was a, a bill passed that said DMV systems for every state, they must adhere to this new law where every all this information is stored on the blockchain and as needed it is shared with the correct departments uh, in, in transportation and in the justice system because obviously those go hand in hand. If you look at, um, if you look at what funds most cities... Uh, Ticketing is, is up there in the very top of the list uh, as far as, you know, parking tickets. I'm very familiar, and the city of Santa Monica has got a lot of my money. Because of that. Right, so if, if, somebody, if somebody were to make a case that, that that massive monetary system that they have in place could be more efficient running on the blockchain somehow, I, I bet you it could get pushed through. So I think, you know, when things like that start to happen, I think for better or for worse, uh, the, the technology will be used and adopted, and that'll be that'll be good for for us folks who are pushing it along. As long as we're not uh, on the opposite side of it, just paying more tickets every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really great, man. It's always great perspective. We have one more thing that does pertain to you a little bit more, and it's our last kind of topic. It's not any news, but it's something we always want to talk about. And now, because you're someone that sets up meetups and events. 
uh, in the cryptocurrency space, obviously in LA, and obviously you're expanding. Uh, we wanted to ask, what's your approach to doing it right, first of all, to involving the right people in the space? Because we do know that there are projects out there that maybe are just hopes and dreams and aren't anything but that, or there's people that you should stay away from. But when it comes to bring, making a public setting for this, how do you approach it? And I guess that's the main question we have for you. Well, I think one of the first ways to really do it in a powerful way that we started to do with our, our early events here in Los Angeles is getting the right speakers, getting the right people on stage who, who actually built something already and have something powerful to share through their experience and their applications or whatever technology that they developed um, and, and, and getting them to relate that to the everyday person. I think that's like always been really helpful and getting obviously well-known names, if you will, like crypto celebrities at our events to speak. Uh, people always come out that are their followers, especially when they're tweeting it out and stuff like that. Um, so that's the approach that we've always taken is getting the right speakers but on top of that, and maybe even more powerful, is making the event really exciting and memorable. So something that you walk away from wanting more of. And it's an experience versus just a panel. Um, so it's, it's something that is completely immersive, and that's the environment. That's why we kind of call it Blockchain Beach, because it's, it consumes, you know. You know, once you jump in the ocean, like, you're in it. So a quick question, quick question along the lines. So somebody who's new to the space who's kind of, you know, just in search of information, how, how should they approach a meetup like this? Like what, what kind of mentality should they have as they're coming in to, to your event or, or what, what kind of research should they do beforehand? What do you recommend for, for, for new, new people coming to an event like yours? Yeah. So I, I would say that's one good thing about the atmosphere that we have created is that it's for everybody. We don't, um, you know, I guess the hackathon is probably the only one that's a little bit higher level, but we're still, maintaining that same atmosphere where anyone's invited, even spectators can come out and there's demos, there's hands-on, there's companies sharing what they've built. And then there's people developing stuff, you know, in the room as well. Um, and you can interact and be part of that team. And, you know, even if you just have marketing skills, like that's going to be needed, especially if you're trying to create a real uh, product and a real uh, company. So I would say for somebody who's early stage and doesn't know a lot, do your research online. Obviously there's so much information out there. Um, and just do the high-level research first. Watch the videos. Watch people like Andreas Antonopoulos, who are, you know, visionaries. There's so many great speakers out there. I can't get into all of them. But um, just do your high-level research and come and knowing that you don't have to understand everything about blockchain technology to get something out of these types of events. Uh, because the technology itself is just part of a tech stack. You have to remember that. This isn't, this isn't some miracle thing that was just discovered. Blockchain itself has been around for quite a while um the the ability to to use it uh in this way as bitcoin you know the the, the white paper that satoshi released back in 2008 uh was a little bit different and very progressive in, in the way that it's incentivized and the network maintains itself that was was a novel way of deploying the blockchain technology um and i think if you know <laughs> Anything about it, you're going to be in a good situation. Even if you don't want to do any research, just coming and talking to people, you will learn about it. You'll, you'll come to find that the crypto blockchain uh, you know, industry, the types of people that come to these events are very welcoming, probably more so than uh, many other industries. It's just like when the early Internet started with Apache and people like Brian Bellendorf, who's the executive director of the Linux Foundation. You know, If you talk to someone like him who's very high level, 
he like he'll talk to anybody and explain things in, in relative terms and very approachable you know he's also a burner yeah. so you know very, very of the people i think i think you'll find a lot of those types in this industry um because it's different than going to a banking convention where it's just about financial technology and how to squeeze more out of a dime uh it's about changing the world and doing things differently uh and i guess a good example of that is what we're trying to do with gox rising and, and brock pierce that uh, we you know me and matt joined forces with him on gox rising to help the people that lost their money in mount gox and hopefully uh it's still it's still uh, uh, there's still a challenging road ahead but hopefully relaunch the exchange to some degree and get people even more money back um through that so that's that's something that we're trying to do to show how we can be different than the traditional financial and technical systems uh you know with enron and uh bear stearns and lehman brothers uh you know all those creditors got screwed and got pennies or nothing uh we're trying to show how we can be different as a community as a collective and come together um because that ultimately the people are the ones that run this world and if we come together we can do anything with or without the government's involvement we don't need them to do things a beautiful example of that a little bit off topic is down in cuba nothing to do with blockchain you know the communications companies down there there's basically like one monopoly on it and it's insanely expensive to get information in and out it's insanely slow so the people in cuba what they did is they built their own internet through their own wires they literally dragged wires through each home and connected each home and created this massive internet uh, a private internet if you will and they vote like twice a day they vote information on like terabyte drives including like the latest game of thrones shows the latest news the latest bitcoin gossip um and they share they disseminate all that information with the network so it's a private internet that they have built the people built themselves yeah i had heard it down i had heard it was uh, at the beginning it was Every week they would give out a USB thumb drive with all those shows and that's kind of and, and, and news and all that information as opposed to going online. It was just weekly they would get these uh, drives um, and just kind of spread them throughout the whole country, which I thought was pretty interesting. So the people eventually will try to, will, you know, if they work together, they can they can get what, what needs to be done. They can do what needs sure. to be done, essentially. So thanks for thanks for that. And we're uh, we're excited for the next one. Yeah. And uh, Austin, I. Uh you know, uh, I think we're coming to uh, close to the end of the show, and I just want to thank you for all your perspective today. It actually isn't enough time to really dig into some of the stories, and I think that means we'll have to have you on again. And, of course, we could even – we'll probably see you at, at a local event. But I, I kind of want to open the floor for you to, to say where to find you guys, uh, remind people of your events coming up, and all that jazz. Absolutely, and thank you guys so much for having me as well. Um, I will say this. So – with our new series, The Global Hackathon, you can just go to theglobalhackathon.com and register. Um, there's an Eventbrite link on there. Register for a free ticket. All of our hackathons are free for this point. We're getting sponsors to help pave the way for attendees. Um, we have $5,000 worth of cash prizes that we're giving away at the hackathon, so really encouraging people to step up and build. CoinMarketCap, um, that, that was from Total, by the way, Total Crypto. Uh, CoinMarketCap has put up some uh, bounties for their pro API. Uh, so that's about, uh, I think, like $700 a month, the subscription. They're giving away a year free for that, so you can pull all their data, which most people source their data from CoinMarketCap since they're like the number one uh, for that pricing data. Um, also, Total is really great for that for the DEXs. Uh, we have MetaX putting some bounties up. Um, so that's all about the Global Hackers. Gonna come check that out theglobalhackathon.com. Uh, also, uh, blockchainbeach.us is our events arm. 
please come check that out for any of our latest events uh, on Twitter. My personal is at AE Davis. Um, and our company handle is at blockchain BCH on Instagram. Uh, you can find us at blockchain beach. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn, Austin Davis. And what else? BNFT is our free crypto app. If you want some free crypto, download the BNFT app. Uh, BNFT.life is the website. Um, the Global Hackathon is in partnership with Crypto Invest Summit, uh, and that's happening April 8th through the 11th for LA Blockchain Week. So come check us out. We'll be downtown. Also doing a co-working day uh, with uh, some partners here on the west side, if you're around, on April 7th. That's going to be at our... Cox Rising office with uh, Block V, uh, DNA's in there too, and we'll have some other partner companies and the Global Hackathon going to be in there with some uh, doing some uh, co-working together. So come hang out on that Sunday evening. I'll be just getting back from Costa Rica at that point. Uh, oh, that's another shout-out. Shout-out to Fusion, uh, fusiongroup.io down in Costa Rica. Uh, we're doing a, a launch event there on April 2nd, if anybody wants to come check that out. Um EOS Costa Rica is going to be coming out for that. Uh, so, so, so much to do. Yeah, Shout wow. out to part of the TGH team, Adrian, uh, Mason, Kai Primo, obviously. Uh, uh, Ryan. Shout out to Ryan. Ryan, Ryan Calder, uh, FOMO Hunt, Digital, you know, so, so many people. I'm not leaving anyone out on purpose, but I can't just keep rambling all day long. <laughs> this is fun. I like doing shout outs. <laughs> well, dude, Austin, thanks so much. We're, I mean, obviously we're in the same area. We're, we're going to see you guys soon. We're going to be at CIS too. And I'm, I'm sure we're going to make appearances and, and see each other and shake hands and high five, whatever it might take. But for the coin boys, simple, just go to the coinboys.com. Everything's there from our, uh, outlets of the podcast or our blogs that are available and of course with the coin boys podcast on twitter on ig and i'm andy i'm daniel and uh thanks again austin and we'll see everyone next week peace thank you so much appreciate you guys talk to you soon